What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast, your favorite Star Trek podcast, favorite Star Trek podcast. I'm David Majors, and I'm alongside my co-host, Heather Kirby. But Heather, there's a problem. We got a problem. What? Uh, well, we do this uh, about every two weeks, uh, aside oh, from the episode of uh, the podcast you did for Law & Order SVU with Annika Dane. We do the Promenade Merchants podcast every two weeks, because I, I came up with the idea of two weeks being a good amount of time for news and topics around Star Trek and the Star Trek franchise to talk about. And I got to tell you, Heather, it's really not a whole lot going on around this time. It's kind of <laughs> quiet with Star Trek right now. You know what I mean? Well, you know, we can always still like talk about SVU again. I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, I have to, I'll have to get caught up. I'll have to get caught up. But wait! There's a ton of Star Trek news! Because as we're recording this, we are fresh from First Contact Day. And oh my goodness, there was so much Star Trek. There's so much Star Trek. We say this almost every episode, Heather. We got a lot to talk about. Man, do we have a lot to talk about this week in the world of Star Trek, thanks to First Contact Day. And man, let's just jump right in, starting with old business. Uh, and even with old business, we got some stuff for First Contact Day. <laughs> yeah. Because this year, 2021, was the 25th anniversary of Star Trek First Contact. And for First Contact Day, because that's what we're officially calling it now, uh, we got to see part of the First Contact Day stream, a revisit and celebration of First Contact with Jonathan Frakes, Sir Patrick Stewart, Alice Krieg, uh, Will Wheaton, and Brent Spiner talking about First Contact in the movie that it was. And I think Heather... I think we can generally agree that of the TNG era of movies, First Contact is probably the one that's the most universally held in high regard, wouldn't you say? I I think most Trekkies will agree with you on that. As much as I love TNG, um, out of the... Now I gotta count this in my head. One, two. Out of the four TNG movies, First Contact is the one that pretty much everyone will agree was the best. Um, is universally held in high regard and just an overall top tier Star Trek movie for sure. Uh, tell me your Star Trek First Contact story. Seeing it in the theater, do, do you have one? No. <laughs> no, you don't? Um, I don't remember seeing it in a theater as a little girl. Oh. I, like, I love, like I said, I love TNG, and I remember going to see Insurrection and Nemesis in the theater okay. uh, with my dad. 
but I don't remember seeing First Contact in the theater. Okay. I don't. I, I have no memory. I remember seeing not just First Contact, but Generations, Insurrection, and Nemesis in the theater. But First Contact especially. Uh, because it was with my mom and my sister. Uh, and it was it just felt so exciting to see a Star Trek movie in the theater with my family. And it just felt like just this ultimate bonding experience. And I just very clearly remember thinking Zephram Cochran is the coolest dude ever. He's the <laughs> coolest dude in history. And he deserves every bit of praise and reverence that he gets from everyone from the future because he's just the coolest dude in the world. Uh, I also remember the Borg Queen being absolutely terrifying because I, I must have been like 11 or 12 at the time. So, yeah, she was scary then. And I remember Data pointing out that he considered joining her for that short amount of time and then him saying to an android that's practically an eternity and i remember the end of the movie when it got word that an alien species had discovered earth and was coming down and i remember asking my mom who do you think it is? Who who do you think was the first alien species to to meet with humans? And my mom said, "Well, it's only logical." And it was like, "Of course, <laughs> of course." And then we see the Vulcans touch down and make first contact and was just that that was that was one of those really formative moments for me seeing first contact. Um Side to that, uh, do you remember? Uh, I'm gonna play Will Wheaton here. Uh, Heather, do you remember your first contact with Star Trek? Um, I do. I, I at least I think I do. Uh, my the first TNG episode I remember like very distinctly watching, uh, is actually. Q who so it's still in, in, involved the Borg, but um, it just <laughs> wasn't the first contact movie. Uh, but so it, it's still a Borg reference. It was uh, Starfleet and Jean Luc Picard's first interaction with the Borg, and it was mysterious and really terrifying, but completely intriguing to me as a child. So um, it hooked me from the first minute I saw it. I think for me, uh, this is going to be so cheesy, but I think for me, because I know I remember watching best of both worlds. I remember watching the two parter. But I know that I was watching TNG at some point before then. I'm just not exactly sure which episodes it was. I just know that I remember seeing Worf and Captain Picard. But I think for me, it might have been my mom and my sister telling me that LeVar Burton, who I loved on Reading Rainbow, 
as a kid was also on Star Trek The Next Generation. And I, I feel like that might have been something that said, oh, he's on Star Trek? Okay, I'll watch Star Trek with you. And, and then I remember seeing Jordy LaForge with the visor and I thought, oh, that is him. That's really cool. And I think that's kind of where it started for me, I think. But it, it was at the very least somewhere in the first two or three seasons of the next generation that was my first contact with star trek and yeah i think it's it shaped both of us over the years and star trek is still here and still going strong yeah like i i honestly i'll admit i probably did not watch the next generation while it was running in its original run on TV, uh, because I was born in 1987. The Next Generation premiered in 1987, so I am as exactly as old as the show is. Okay, so I am three years older than the show. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm exactly as old as the show is, and like I said, I remember the first episode I watched was Q-Who, which was season three, I think, so I definitely didn't watch it when I was three years old. I was older than that. So uh, I, 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 I was a syndication baby when it comes to TNG, but that's also a a, a huge testament to the impact that star trek has because star trek would not be what it is today without uh the way syndication was set up back then i mean that's what really hooked fans that's what hooked fans of the original series was it going into syndication and and that's what hooked fans like me on tng Mm -hmm. no doubt uh we're we're still in old business but uh we're going to move to star trek voyager now or sort of sort of uh but really it's it's star trek prodigy uh because along with first contact day uh as it had been mentioned uh kate mulgrew will be reprising her role as Catherine janeway for the upcoming animated series star trek prodigy and during first contact day uh the creators of the show revealed that Janeway will be known as the emergency training hologram on this ship for the alien characters in Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, The ship will be in the Delta Quadrant and Star Trek Prodigy will be taking place in the year 2383 after Voyager in the Delta Quadrant. So now we have an idea. We're starting to get a little bit more information about Star Trek Prodigy and how Catherine Janeway will play into this. And we got a look at Janeway uh, in CG holographic form uh, with her coffee mug. Uh, and the, I guess this is the Voyager uniform. This would be the Voyager uniform. Yes. Yep. And yeah, I think it looks great. And I loved that she had the coffee mug. Uh, I think it looks fantastic. I love the concept. Uh, My only question is, how did a bunch of random alien kids in the Delta Quadrant somehow find and or steal an abandoned Starfleet ship there? (laughs) Like, that's the biggest question in my head. But I think it makes complete sense 
to that Janeway would have recorded or her voice or whatever you want to call it for some sort of training program for uh, other Starfleet vessels that were going into the Delta Quadrant. Because coming back, she would have been the foremost expert on uh, the stuff that they experienced there. So it's a wonderful concept and it's a unique way to once again explore uh, these strange new worlds that only Star Trek Voyager has explored before. My first thought with your question, Heather, is how did these kids find a Federation starship in the Delta Quadrant is, was it the Equinox? From the great episode, <laughs> the, the episode that I absolutely loved, uh, was it the USS Equinox? Uh, for everyone that doesn't know, that was an episode where a Voyager ran into another Federation starship lost in the Delta Quadrant. But they had gone insane. Yeah. Uh, and I had thought, maybe it's the Equinox. But then as I was looking and scrolling through the internet, it seems as though the Equinox actually got destroyed. So that was one that I kind of scrapped. Uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, I like that so far we still have questions about the show. For me personally, you don't have to tell me everything and give me all of the details right away. I kind of like going in with a little bit of mystery. It it makes me more interested in what you're going to show. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's a shuttlecraft. Maybe it's a runabout. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's a maybe maybe it's the Cerritos. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but. I think it's kind of cool that we don't really know everything yet. That's kind of cool to me. Yeah. I mean, if there's one thing Star Trek is very good at, it's just giving you a whole bunch of hints and nowhere near the entire story as to what's going to happen because they want you to tune in and watch the new show and figure out what's going to happen that way. So um, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see Uh it. And speaking of getting hints as to new shows coming up, uh, we got some of those for new business, too. Uh, Star Trek Picard Season 2. We saw a trailer, a teaser, and we heard the voice of one John DeLancey, who (laughs) will be reprising his role as Q in Season 2 of Star Trek Picard. So, as it stands right now, we have Whoopi Goldberg reprising her role as Guinan. Uh, I imagine, I feel like at this point, LeVar Burton and or Michael Dorn is probably showing up. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if Gates McFadden comes back as Beverly Crusher. Uh, but now that John DeLancey is confirmed as Q. But there was something in this trailer, this teaser for Star Trek Picard Season 2, that I felt like I might have been the only one that picked up on and i felt like i was screaming it all over twitter but nobody else was picking up on it because everyone was excited to see q in this teaser we were kind of going through jean-luc's house at chateau picard and he had a model of the uss stargazer which was the ship he commanded before taking the enterprise And they spent a little bit longer panning on the Stargazer than you would normally expect. 
and it made me think, hey, are we going to be getting some flashbacks to the Stargazer in season two? Because that would be awesome. Because I don't know how much they've done in the books or the Star Trek novels about the Stargazer, but there was never a whole lot done in anything else in TNG about Captain Picard on the USS Stargazer. So that really caught my attention, Heather. Uh, You saw this teaser. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I, I noticed the stargazer model. Uh, the thing that I didn't catch, uh, because I, I'm not, my brain doesn't recognize some of the DS nine sim symbiology that was in it, but I guess there was a, a, a big thing that was something to do with the paw race and the profits yes. Yes. on DS nine. Yes. So, that plus the focus on the stargazer to me hints about um, some sort of journey happening with the prophets because we know the prophets don't see time as linear like we do. And I honestly believe that they would have the ability to take him back to that time when he was on the stargazer. So it might not even just be a flashback. It might literally be something involving time travel. That would, that would be, be my guess. Yeah. And for everyone out there that saw the, the teaser, uh, what that was is it was a very specific tablet uh, from an episode of DS nine. Uh, if I remember right, this was from, I believe, Tapestry uh, or or an episode of DS9 where Ben Sisko was studying some ancient Bajoran ruins and uh, being the emissary, it led him to discovering a Bajoran city. So, yeah, this definitely looks like it could be something that might connect to the Bajoran prophets and... David will finally see some DS9 love in the modern era of Star Trek, finally. (laughs) Yes, we've mentioned Uh, that so many times before, so I hope it happens. Yeah, Um, and I'm really into seeing what they might do with the Stargazer. That, that, That stuck with me. That really stuck with me. More than Q, more than the tablet. Just because it is such a significant yet untouched part of Jean-Luc Picard's history. We know about his time at the winery in France growing up, his conflict with his family, his getting stabbed by the Nausicaan, uh, the artificial heart, uh, the entirety of the next generation, and we're seeing his retirement and everything else. But there is that pocket of history in the life of Jean-Luc Picard that we haven't really seen. And if we're going to look into that, I think that's really cool. Um, I've but said on the podcast, it, oh, go ahead. It, sorry to interrupt you. And I just want to point out one more thing, especially going back to that, his time on the star great stargazer would also be a huge opening to welcome Beverly Crusher back to the show. Considering her husband, Jack served with him while he was on the stargazer. That's Right. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeedly doodly. That would be a great way to bring 
her back. Absolutely. Good catch. Uh, but yeah, um, I said on the podcast and before that, I thought Star Trek Picard season one was okay. Not amazing, but okay. This has me really excited for season two. I'm really excited about season two, so I'm I'm ready for it. Uh, they did not give a date, which is fine. Uh, we at least know that Discovery and Lower Decks are still coming in 2021, so you know we're we're gonna have some Star Trek very soon. Uh, speaking of Star Trek Discovery, we got a teaser for season four. And yes, yeah, uh, we're we're getting what looks to be another disastrous event, uh, something with a large gravitational pull, according to Paul Stamets in this teaser. And the thing that everyone is talking about with this teaser is how great the season uniforms look, how great these <laughs> uniforms look, because they do. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Those uniforms are beautiful. And I said I kind of like the grays uh, from the season finale of season three, but I love the tweaks that they did to this uniform uh, for season four. I think they just pop. They completely pop. They stand out so well. Um, They look great on all of them. I want one. <laughs> Somebody get like the Chinese knockoffs over in, in, in China going to make me one of those because I oh, want yeah. one. They're I, so beautiful. I, I'm still not sure which color I want. Um, I loved seeing Joanna Wosakun in the gold one. Loved yeah. that one. Uh, but the red one was really nice too. The red one was nice. So I'm still kind of deciding uh, when when it shows up on Wish, which it will. Uh, I'm still deciding which one I want. But yeah, they looked really nice. Uh, and Star Trek Discovery, I, I feel like people are really excited for Star Trek Discovery, which is great. It just, it really does feel like it's just getting better and better each season, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it really does. It's a show that has very much started out well, but is still coming into its own. And it, it really found its its own footing in season three. And I, I just I'm interested, really, really interested in seeing where they go here in season four, because there are a couple hints in that teaser that make it seem like there's a bit of a a time jump between season three and season four, because a lot of our, our fantastic crew members have gotten promoted. Um, Tilly is wearing Lieutenant uh, ranks on our uniform. Now uh, Detmer is the Lieutenant commander. Uh, so there's definitely been some time in between. Um, Saru was working with the Kelpians, but yet at some point in the season he will show back up on discovery because he's on the bridge of the discovery in his uh, Federation uniform with a Kelpian badge and, and captain's bar still. So I I'm really interested to see where the crew is at, 
how everyone is doing. They're like my own little family. I just want to check yes, in on them and be like, yes. how are you guys? I miss you. <laughs> you know? Great to see you. Good to have you back. Yeah. And, and I think I'm so excited that it's actually going to be in 2021 because we were saying just not that long ago that it's going to feel like forever before we see Discovery again. And then it's like, oh, well, they're, they're really getting this done even with the pandemic they're they're really moving this along and that's that's awesome like man that's so awesome so everybody get those paramount plus subscriptions ready to go because <laughs> star trek's coming back guys and and it's coming back soon and and that makes me happy uh including star trek lower decks uh great great trailer for season two of lower decks just there was excitement and adventure and just great, great comedic moments. Like I was once again just howling with laughter at the trailer for Lower Deck season two, Heather. Man, I already said that season one of Lower Decks is, in my opinion, the best Star Trek season one so far. Season two's looking like it's gonna be just chiller i can't wait uh so so uh, lower deck season two uh how, how you feel when you saw the trailer uh yeah i'm i'm pumped i'm excited um like i said lower decks still isn't it, it, it's still not necessarily my type of show that i enjoy on a regular basis but it's a lot of fun to watch and it definitely seems like it's still going to continue going that way i mean there's there were some really fun clips in that trailer that just you know it's going to happen um we're going to see Riker again on the Titan because Boims is still on the Titan <laughs> with him. Uh, so it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I will just say that I'm going to be disappointed if that shot of Mariner in her, uh, whatever it's called, the Arbor Jiu-Jitsu uniform. Is, the greatest dis- martial art in the world. I'm going to be disappointed if she's not battling Riker for who gets to keep Boimler. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. That's good. That's really good. That would be fantastic. Um, And also, confirmed, Lower Decks is getting a season three. So, hey, look at that. Another Star Trek show that's not canceled. Star Trek is still not canceled. <laughs> it is. And it's great. It's great. Uh, I'm 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 so happy. But but we haven't even we haven't even Heather. Now for new listeners out there, uh, and just a reminder to our our regular listeners, uh, both Heather and I live in the Midwest. I live in Detroit. Heather lives in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, so getting to places like Star Trek Las Vegas in the past or the cruise and certain things was uh, a little tougher for uh, your your favorite merchants on the DS9 promenade. But now, with Star Trek First Contact Day, they put out a little teaser uh, a couple of days before, uh, and it had a little clip that had some latitude and longitude coordinates. And I saw that, and me being me, 
I put those latitude and longitude coordinates in. And I did what the only thing I could do is I did the internet Twitter equivalent of running to Heather's house <laughs> and just banging on her door and screaming, Heather! Heather! It's in Chicago! It's in Chicago! Oh my god! <laughs> I might have yep. caught her off guard. I caught her off guard. But it was announced that there will be a brand new in-person Star Trek convention at McCormick's Place in Chicago called Star Trek Mission Chicago in April of 2022. Heather, the prophets have answered. We yes. are getting a Star Trek convention in the Midwest. The prophets heard us and we got our wish. Yes, I am so excited for this new official Star Trek convention. Um, it's incredible that the first year it's going to be in Chicago. Apparently, uh, when they officially announced it, they said that every year they're going to move it to a different city. So hopefully people all across the U.S. will get to feel the same excitement that we are when the convention comes close to them. Uh, but I am so excited that the first year is in Chicago. I will finally get to go to the official Star Trek convention. And uh, I, I, I'm pumped already. Like, I already know. I know. I, I'm, I'm still losing my mind over it. Like, I already have plans as to when I'm going to, uh, like, I'm going to book my hotel room at this date, and then I'm going to start figuring out my plans for transportation to get there after that. And like, I'm ready to go. It, it's going to happen. And I, I'm just, I'm so excited to be a part of it because at least for like the past few years getting involved in the fandom, it, it's really been hard to sit at home, like during STLV or the big uh, destination Star Trek events over in Europe and watch all of my Twitter friends who are at the event, like, post all pictures and get all excited and uh, just be so happy. And I'm just like, I wish I could be there. Now I'm going now to be there. Our time has come, Heather. <laughs> our time has come. Now oh, I'm man. going to be there. And um, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's, it's going to be an amazing weekend. And I can't wait to experience it, to be honest. And, I'm going to get choked up just thinking about this it. This is like, I, I am like running a, a hundred miles an hour right now with this announcement. Because I have made the Detroit to Chicago road trip for conventions several times over the course of my life like 10 15 times uh i've visited chicago i've driven like for, for me uh i don't know about you heather but for me a, a drive to chicago is just about four hours so like for a weekend convention like it's it's literally nothing and yeah just ah. <laughs> uh, I, I literally wrote that in the Google Docs. Ah! <laughs> and 
I feel like I'm just I'm just overjoyed, and I know that um, Eric Barry, our our buddy, uh, who is also a Chicago native, he is just as excited as we are. And for uh, Trekkies in the Midwest and the Great Lakes, it's just so exciting. It's great for everyone to have an official Star Trek convention again, and to know that this will be in person in real life. But man, for those of us that live in the Great Lakes in the Midwest area, it this might be the most I have been excited since hearing that Sonequa Martin-Green was leaving The Walking Dead and was going to be the lead on Star Trek Discovery. I have not been this excited since hearing that news to where it was just like Star Trek is coming back and this wonderful actress is going to be the lead. Uh, And it feels like it's culminating with this and God, I am so excited. Uh, I I warn Trekkies that convention David is a little rambunctious. So (laughs) I'm going to have a lot of pent up positive energy. That that will be, that will be going at warp nine point nine, at Star Trek Mission Chicago next year. So, yeah, I'm very excited. You're very excited. We're all very, very, very excited. But Heather, God, we, <laughs> we're we, still not done yet. <laughs> we're still not even done because out of nowhere, from the depths. We got Star Trek film news, and we even got an official date. The word has gone around that Paramount has officially announced that the next Star Trek film will be released June 9th, 2023. And the word is... It will be written by Kalinda Vasquez, who is writing the script and has worked on Star Trek Discovery. Uh, And also trivia that she talked about, her name, Kalinda, was actually from a character from Star Trek, the original series. Now, there are no details about this. Will it be a Kelvin movie? Will it be... Uh, a movie in the Prime Universe? Will it be a movie about Discovery? Will it be Strange New Worlds? Will it be continuing on the TNG Voyager Lower Decks timeline? Who knows? We don't know yet. The only thing we have is the writer and the date. So, yeah. that I think that pretty much covers it all. Uh, but Heather, uh, we have another Star Trek movie coming. I, you know, I don't want to get too excited about that news, considering the amount of, like, rumors and claims that another Star Trek movie has been coming off and on for, like, years now. Um, I do think this news is slightly more legitimate, considering uh, the Viacom-Paramount or Viacom-CBS merger... That recently happened, so Paramount and CBS are back on the same page when it comes to this. But on that note as well, um, as much as everybody is clamoring to sit there and say they want this newest movie to be in the Kelvin universe, 
I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, the signs and the things that we know currently about the movie don't really point to that. Um, I love the fact that it's being penned by a woman. But when you think about it, she has worked on Star Trek Discovery. And I really do think that this movie is somehow going to tie in to the current Star Trek series that are on Paramount Plus right now. I don't think it's going to tie back to the Kelvin universe. And that idea is very intriguing. And we'll see where it goes from there. So, I honestly love the idea of it being something related to Discovery. Because Discovery has always done really well at having these big cinematic stories with the really high budget production and having everything that looks like it could be in a film. That's one thing that discovery has always had. It's as kind of its calling card is having just huge, huge budget for production and it really showing it in as a big budget production. The idea of discovery or, or something related to discovery on film does seem pretty cool. Um, how do you feel about it being produced by J.J. Abrams in Bad Robot? I think that that just makes sense. You know, that that keeps with the continuality of uh, the modern day version of Star Trek movies. Uh, since J.J. produced uh, all three of the Kelvin universes, um, that's what brought Kurtzman into the Star Trek universe as well. So I, I think it really helps mesh all of them together that they keep the same tone and the, the, the same style that way. And like I said, I, I don't know, like, you know, especially when you have a, a big budget movie like this, that you need big names to lead the top of that casting in order to draw people in. But let's be honest here. Star Trek Discovery has those big names because, I mean, we have Jason Isaacs. We have Michelle Yeoh. These are people who can lead a Star Trek movie if given the opportunity to. So We have Sonequa Martin-Green, yeah. who is about to be in Space Jam. If, if that doesn't say she can't lead a movie, I don't know what does. Very true. Very true. I, I, did you see uh, the trailer for Space Jam? Uh, a new I did, I okay. did. Yeah, yep. yeah. For for whatever reason, like I was already excited to see this, but her being in it, it just adds it just adds to it for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I don't think I ever remember seeing the first Space Jam. Really? I mean, I know what Space Jam is, but I don't remember ever like completely watching it. But oh, okay. the trailer for this one looks amazing. And yeah. uh, I miss movies. I just miss going to the movie theater. Damn it. Uh, I want an, some good another thing we to have watch. to look forward to. Another thing yeah. we have to look forward to. Yeah. Imagine seeing the next Star Trek movie in the theater. I was able to see uh, the reboot to, from 2009 in an IMAX theater, actually. And that was awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, can you imagine something like now with 
Viacom and CBS and Bad Robot putting all of that. A Star Trek movie in 2023 with IMAX, just the massive IMAX screen and just the huge production value that could entail. Man. Absolutely. I mean, it, it it's destined to be phenomenal. Uh, we, we, we just got to get there. <laughs> we got a date, but, you know, we got to get a cast. We got to start filming. We got to get there, man. There, there's so much to look forward to right now with Star Trek. Uh, the, the upcoming business and new business will be full. And because we have five decades of history, there will always be old business to talk about on the Promenade Merchants podcast. But who boy. The future of Star Trek is looking pretty damn good. Thank you guys for listening. There was a lot, but it's awesome. Uh, we are the Promenade Merchants. Heather, tell everybody what you got going on these days. Well, um, have you, you started that find... SVU podcast yet? <laughs> you know, no. <laughs> but you can call our special episode that aired last week as um, like my backdoor pilot to potentially starting an SVU podcast. Ah, um, do, do we need to get the Guardian Guardian of Forever for you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, it, it it's something that should happen eventually. I really loved getting to talk about SVU with Annika and. Um, yeah, what probably once she's done with her current project, I think an SVU podcast might be in the works between the two of us. We will just have to wait and see. Awesome. And everybody, follow Heather on Twitter at NerdyGal33. She changes her profile photo every month. It's awesome. She talks about Law & Order SVU. She talks about Olivia Benson. It's great. I'm a little bit more forgiving of Elliot Stabler than a lot of Twitter but that's okay. <laughs> it's awesome. Heather is awesome. And I cannot thank you enough because I'm just, I'm so jazzed. Uh, talking with you today has really just given me the, the lift that I needed. Cause we're just talking about Star Trek and I love Star Trek. How about you? I love Star Trek too. And we hope you do too. Otherwise, why would you be listening to this? Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find the Promenade Merchants podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google, all of them. Uh, look for us by name. It's the Promenade Merchants. It's a Star Trek podcast. Thank you all for listening. Walk with the prosper and live long and profits. Promenade Merchants.